Rio, what's going on? How the fuck was nationals? Like that was so cool. Honestly, I'm still exhausted. Like yeah. I'm still exhausted. Um, and I feel like my workload right now is really high because I've yeah. been gone. Um, and I feel like my WhatsApp has been going crazy for like the past week and I have not been able to like keep up with it. I mean, I'm sure my athletes are going to listen to this and be like, no, you're doing fine. But I feel like I'm not doing fine and Mm -hmm. I'm just tired. Um, yesterday I lifted for the first time and I think I should have maybe, no, yes, woot woot. But I think that I also maybe should have waited a day or two because we had gotten back like really soon after. So I, yeah, I honestly should have just waited and waited till today because mid lift, I was like fucking tired. Um, and I was so out of shape. I didn't want to say weak. I was so out of shape. Like I could barely hit 135 for a squat. Um, I'm super sore and I did not, I probably was like five RAR (laughs) and I didn't expect that. I thought I'd be able to at least get like warm up sets the same way. And I couldn't like on the pendulum, I did no weight. Um, and I tried to do my regular warm up set of 25 and I usually get up to 55 for a pendulum and I had to do no weight. Yeah. Um, it was pretty, it was pretty terrible, but, um, yeah, overall nationals was good. I was just excited to, um, get back in the gym, honestly, midway through everyone was going to the gym and I was just like, guess I'll stay home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so other than that like yeah it was really good it was a good trip um spent way too much money um (laughs) yeah spent way too much money um but it was it was great so now my next trip is going to be going home next friday for 10 days um which i don't know how i feel about i kind of you know it's i'm i think i'm just burnt out from the trip from fucking orlando so Maybe no, traveling is hard. It really is hard on the body, especially when you're kind of like, I don't want to say you're in a weakened state, but like your body like went through a trauma of surgery. So like, yes. it definitely is like a lot. Yeah. And I felt it like after a day of flying and shit, I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. like I am just beat. And um, so maybe I'll warm up to the idea of going home next week sometime when I'm like fully rested, but I yeah. just need this week to like stick to myself and to do my own thing, to be in my own routine um, cause it's a lot, especially when you're around like 10 people the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. I mean, like I definitely went through something very, very similar over Thanksgiving. Like I went hard on like preparing my house and all the meals, everything was made from scratch. We entertained Eric's family. I had some friends over and although I got a lot of energy from it the day of like my training session, the day after, and then I had to take about four or five days away from training because I just could not be present. I was, had a lot of brain fog. I am not an emotional woman. Like I don't cry a lot. So like I was crying for almost no apparent reason because I felt overwhelmed and I was like, I need some time. So I need some time just for me (laughs) to take care of myself and step away. And I came back and hit some new lows um, on the scale in this health phase. And, you know, strength is really high in the gym still. So no, I definitely understand taking a step back just so that way you can continue to propel yourself forward. Like that shit's so important. Yeah, It's important to like circumvent instead of like, keep like pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing until you just can't do it anymore. Yeah, I'm like really good at that. Like, I guess preventing feeling burnt out. Um, but it's, it definitely, like, I still feel it. 
Like I could have slept like 15 hours today. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be probably, I would say up until maybe Thursday until I feel like actually completely 100%. And then like in a week I have to go to Cali. So that'll be that. <laughs> My sisters and I actually got an Airbnb. So we're not going to stay with our family. We're going to stay with each other. Um, because like, we don't honestly, it was funny. My sister was like, I feel like it's odd that we're going home, but we don't have a space to be at. And yeah. I was like, it's weird, huh? Like, that's weird. Like we're out of the house now. Like yep. we're all done. There is no room for us to stay in. There is no like extra space. It's like, we, we go home and we're going to have to figure out like our living situation and cars and all that. Like, yeah. so it's going to be more stressful now to go home than it ever has been because we don't come home to a space anymore. Um, yeah. And so we were, we were talking about that the other day and we were like, okay, well, I guess next year we're going to try to make our trip really short instead of doing it like a week. Cause that's what we're mm-hmm. used to. Like we're used to coming home week, two weeks, like for school or because we're just at work and now, and now we're like completely settled down in other places and literally our home doesn't have space for us. So we can't go back all the time anymore, which is crazy. Like we're, yeah. we're limited in that. And that is a really big barrier um, for a lot of people that live out of state from their family. You don't have space to go home to anymore. So you have mm-hmm. to figure that shit out. Um, whereas it was a lot easier when we were all going to school and we still had all our space. So, yeah, yeah. I definitely understand that. Like once you leave home, you kind of never can go back. It's just not the same. Um, I definitely understand that. Hence why like Eric and I want to move back to Ohio. Like we want to just have a second house so that way we can have our own space there and then also have time down here as we can so mm-hmm. no I totally understand that like it's it's a weird transition but at the same time it also shows that you're growing into yourself as an adult and are mm-hmm. becoming like more responsible and autonomous so it's it's kind of like bittersweet well yeah and I'm not focused on making sure that people don't forget about me you know I used to do that a lot like I used to go home all the time when I lived in Ohio the first time and then when I lived in San Francisco I was going home all the time. Like in Ohio, I think I went home maybe two months after I got there for like Mm -hmm. two weeks. And then I went for Thanksgiving and for Christmas. That's three times in one semester. That's a lot like to go across the country. And then, um, when I moved to San Francisco, I was basically coming home like once a month. Like I was driving nine hours, 10 hours to come home or yeah, for a weekend. Cause I just, I was so attached to the place. Mm -hmm. And now I honestly, I hope my family's not listening to I'm this is such a stressful trip that I don't even want to go like I'm just yeah. like this I'd rather stay home like so that's why me and my sisters were like next year we need to figure out what we're going to do and what makes sense and it's easiest for us financially um so I was like you should just come here like you should just like I have space like you could just yeah. stay with me you know and they were like well that'd be actually really cool so we'll probably create new traditions between us three because we have commonalities in the sense that we're gone. Like we're all Mm -hmm. gone. So it's hard for us, you know? And if my mom and immediate family want to come over here too, great. But we're going to be, we're going to make it easy on ourselves. (laughs) No, for sure. That's, that's wonderful. Yeah. That's you're at that age where you're creating like new traditions and it's not that, you know, the old ones were bad, but like, as you guys come into your own selves as adults, you need that new tradition, that new space, just to, you know, create new memories with each other in different places. That's really awesome. I'm really happy for you. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Let's dive into our topic now. It's very, very, I think an intense topic because 
bodybuilding is something we're both very passionate and we're very, you know, ferociously into. And so we want to talk about the three traits that you need to be a successful bodybuilder in this sport. And the first one, and I think it's one of the most important ones is patience. Mm -hmm. Like it takes time to become an athlete that you want to become, whether Mm -hmm. you are wanting to step on stage for the first time, whether you are more of an experienced athlete and you're gunning for just a spot to win your, your class, let alone win an overall show. And then once you're in that stage and you, you know, earn that national qualification, then it's hitting those national stages to earn your pro card. And then once you earn that pro card, then you're like gunning for the Olympia, right? Racking up all of those points. But the things that I just described, we're not talking in a matter of like months to a few years. We're talking like few years to a decade, especially like when it comes to just your genetic predisposition to be able to even get to that a level. Yeah. I mean, you might want to think about having a lifestyle that allows scheduling to be very easy for you in terms of your food, in terms of your training, in terms of how you delegate time to other people in your life, and then do it for a really, really, really long time. Like, so what you do, you have to, you can't do it for six months. You can't do it for a year. It has to be something where you see yourself being in that realm for like five, six, seven, 10 years, over a decade. Um, And that's how, that's how success happens is being patient, but then also mastering your ability to use your time wisely. Um, And it does take sacrifice. Um, you can't add more to your plate all the time. That's bad time management. It's, it's a really, really good way for you to burn yourself out super, super quickly. Um, so yeah, I think that that's one of the, like a big thing that people need to realize here is time management and scheduling along with patients is like, it's synonymous. It goes together. Absolutely. Absolutely. And with that scheduling, like it's going to feel like groundhog day. It's going to feel like you were doing the same shit over and over again, you're eating your meal at this time, you're drinking your water at this time, you're going to the gym at this time, you're doing your cardio at this time, like, it is going to feel very much structured and robotic, especially when you're in contest prep, like off season, there's a time and place to be a little bit more flexible. But especially if you're if you're in your off season, and you're, you know, growing and pushing drugs, like that's not a time to fuck off either. So like, you want to make sure that you are, you know, monotonous, and that you are comfortable being monotonous because it can be very, very boring at times. And like, it's not meant to be fun and entertaining all of the time, but that's not life, right? Like you can still enjoy doing what you love to do, but not always be in love with it. Right. That's why like that passion's important, which I know we'll talk about that later, but you need to be okay with doing the same thing over and over again. Like you need to be okay with that. You have to accept that shit. I heard John Jewett say, uh, shout out John Jewett, but I, I heard John Jewett say once uh, on his YouTube that um, the reason why he, he and his wife are good at what they do is because they make it easy for them to be monotonous. And you might think that you do things at the same time every day, but get this. So there's a difference between somebody that trains at the same day or trains, trains every day. Let's do that. There's a person that train. there's a, sorry, tongue tied. There's a difference between a person that trains daily or weekly versus someone that trains at the same time daily and weekly, eats the same things around their training daily and weekly. 
is intentional about it daily and weekly versus somebody who just goes into the gym. There is a difference between somebody who has a plan when they go to the gym, they do the same exercises and they progressively overload versus somebody who does not know what the fuck they're doing in the gym and they just go and they start pushing weights. Um, And those two people get different sets of progress, different timelines in progress. Um, So monotony, you really have to think about it and there's different levels to it. Um, and there's different ways that you can be better all the time. Like I just traveled for a week. Do you think I was monotonous? No. Do you think I can't, I can't, there's too many stressors. There's too much shit going on. So what I have to do for the next few weeks, probably up until Christmas is really hunker down and be in the cave. And I was telling my friends this too. I was like, yo, I'm not doing shit. We're not going anywhere. Do not ask Mm -hmm. me to go anywhere. I'm not doing anything. I need to put myself first. Um, and that is my way of making sure that I'm monotonous, that I'm doing the same things every day. So I'm like, please don't even invite me to shit. Like I need to take care of myself here. And that is another level of monotony that I'm trying to get into because I know that for the past week, I have not been in that. So exactly, exactly. And then this third is a heavy hitter. Fuck your timeline. Like you need to have realistic expectation as to what it is that you need to do and the time that you need to put in to get to you where you want to go. Like chances are you are not going to be this genetic freak that is able to step on stage once, earn that national qualification, and then hit a second stage again and go pro. Like we love those success stories because they're really fucking impressive because like the muscle that these like men and women are able to accrue and the look that they're able to achieve is just so fucking impressive that like, we love that. And we want that for them and also ourselves, but here's the deal. You are not them. So you were going to have to put in a lot more effort, a lot more work and be patient to get to is where you want to go. And so if you're thinking that you're going to, you know, win your class, win the overall, you know, when your pro card, it's all like, it's going to be like so easy breezy, a three, two, one knockout. It's, it's not, it's not going to be like that at all. Like it's, I haven't competed since 2019. I have been in my off season ever since. And like, even though I'm in this health phase now and I can see what I've built up the past, like, I would say honestly, two years, cause I really don't count reversing, especially mm-hmm. in the state that I was reversing as something that's going to be like a big muscle builder for me. Mm-hmm. So really, you know, two years of work and it's like, fuck, I'm not even close. And guess what? I'm okay with that. I don't have a timeline. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing, hunkering down, working on myself, staying in my lane and taking the time that I need to grow and take the sport as seriously as I possibly can. Yeah. Like I remember when I first started, I thought that I would go pro in a few years. Mm -hmm. And here I am like going into a completely different division where it might take me a decade. Like honestly, And a lot of people, this is the thing about social media is that a lot of people hype me up. They're always like, but they're hyping up the progress that they've seen. They don't, they're not hyping up the physique as it is like, you know, this physique is probably not pro material yet, but you're hyping up the progress that you see. And a lot of people get that confused. Um, So they start thinking that that hype has to do with them actually being able to go pro today. And it's not, it's about the progress that you've made, but I don't want people to discount that because that is something that you should hone in on. 
You should be excited about the progress that you're making because two years from now, you're going to look at what you built back then and be like, or today and be like, well, that wasn't shit. And then you're closer and closer to, yeah. And then you're closer and closer to your goal. So don't hear that and get discouraged, but understand that you need to be realistic um, and you need to be realistic about what it fucking takes. So like, you can't not show up one day. You can't like, Mm -hmm. you have to show up for yourself every day and whether, and even if that means you need to take a step back, you're still showing up for yourself, but you can't not show up. It's, I don't, I haven't gone How long has it been since I really got serious about this? Since like 2019, the end of 2019, where a day went by that I didn't think about bodybuilding. Like where I doesn't mean that I was perfect, but it was in my mind. I still showed up and for myself in at least emotionally, at least there. And it's been that way ever since, because I decided that I was going to make a commitment to myself, but not necessarily toward my own timeline and toward my own like conceived notion of what I thought I deserved within a certain amount of time. Um, And honestly, it's really intimidating for me to think that I'm going to have to go through another contest prep again and potentially not even make it to nationals, potentially not place at nationals. That's overwhelming to me. And I honestly don't know how I will react afterward. Like, but at least I know, and I'm very prepared to be overwhelmed by this. I will probably be very intimidated, but any goal that you have where you're not slightly intimidated is probably a little bit too easy for you. And it's probably going to be something that you're not going to keep going with. So I'm happy that I feel intimidated. I'm happy that I feel like, oh shit, like this is it. Like I'm, I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna figure out whether or not I still want to do this shit probably after next season. Right. Like can I physically, can I handle it? And having that toggle with myself is for me imperative because it's a constant challenge because I need a challenge. I'm that Mm -hmm. person that needs a lot of challenging things for me to stay. um, I don't want to say motivated, but just engaged. So, and, and, and you know, a timeline doesn't work, doesn't work, you know? Mm Yeah. And you toggle with it as well, because you're also passionate about it, which is like our second trait that you need is you need to have passion. Because yeah. like Britt was talking about, like showing the fuck up. You're not going to do that on a hard day. If you don't give a fuck and you're not passionate. Like I remember once I had this client during um, COVID shutdowns uh, where, you know, obviously gyms were shut down, but she had a home gym and she was talking to me in her check-in and she's like, yeah, I didn't go to the gym this week. I was like, why? She's like, well, a couple of times it was raining. And I was like, you mean to tell me that you had a gym that you could walk to in your gym, like in your like training area that was like in like a, you know, a a garage adjacent to her house. I was like, you could not walk the five feet to go train. I was like, you lack passion. You don't want this. When you want something and you are passionate about it, you show the fuck up every single day for yourself. And like Britt said, that doesn't necessarily mean that you don't take a step back, that you don't set boundaries, that you don't like step off the gas. And and it means that you need to balance that and be in tune with yourself and check in with yourself to see what it really means. So that way you can keep this going because passion can lead to burnout very quickly if you are not careful. But if you truly love something, you will still show up even on the hard days, especially on those hard days. 
So I was um, thinking about something this morning, which is crazy that you said this. Um, There's a difference between care and caring for something and loving something. And you'll find that there's, there's two different ways that people act in care and in love. In care, you, you will act when it's convenient for you. You care about it. So, you know, when it's convenient for me, I'll make it happen. But there is no, there's not really any self-sacrificial type shit going on. You care about it. You think about it. You want it to happen, but it's, you don't love it. When you love something, love is it. And I know people don't like to use the word like sacrifice and love, but you are more willing to be uncomfortable for that specific thing. You're going to walk in the rain. You're going to, yeah, you're going to go to failure. You're going to eat the food that you kind of don't feel like today because you know that for the bigger picture of things, you love this and your, your feelings, it's not that they don't matter, but in the grand scheme of things, it's only one time that you feel this and what you want is bigger than what, how you feel that's love. People do that all the time in relationships, friendships, whatever. They're okay with some type of sacrifice. When you just care and it's really surface level, you think about it, you might talk about it, but it's not it. You won't sacrifice. You won't allow yourself to be uncomfortable for anything. Um, and it's very easy to see if you're passionate about something based on what you are willing to be uncomfortable for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that kind of brings me to my next point. Like your passion is loving what you're doing, even if not, you're not in love with it. Right. Cause like, I know you've mentioned that like you love bodybuilding, but you're no longer in love with it anymore. Like, I feel like when people first like step on stage for the first time, do their first contest prep, start reversing, they get super hype, right? They're like, I'm going to be pro in a year. And like, they're just on this hype train because they're getting so much dopamine from hitting this goal that they have been working months for. And then, you know, they finish their contest prep, they do their show, they start reversing and they get sidelined and sidetracked. And they're like, oh, I don't really want to go train today. Or I don't really want to be on my meals today. I want to go do other shit. And they like lose that honeymoon phase. Like passion, you still show the fuck up. You still love this. You're still willing to suffer for this, right? Because that's another way to look at it. It's like, what are you willing to suffer for? What are you willing to sacrifice? You will love this sport, even if you're no longer in love with it. And that kind of also talks about athlete maturity a little bit and kind of coming into yourself as someone who wants to be in this lifestyle, in this sport, and not just like, compete because I think there is a little bit of a difference of just like being a competitor and then being a full ass bodybuilder where this is your life. This is your lifestyle. You love what you do, even if you're not in love with what you're doing. Yeah. And I mean, like think of when you first meet someone and like, you're getting to know them and everything is new. And it's just like, you're, you are literally passionate about learning them. And I'm not saying that in the marriage and in like years down the line, you're not passionate about learning that, but you already know them, you know, a lot about them. So it's kind of hard to continue to dig, dig deep. You really have to be intentional about digging into that person. And as they change, you learn more about them and they change over time and you change over time and how you work changes. Mm -hmm. It's all, all the great stuff about being in a monogamous relationship. 
Yeah. Bodybuilding, when you first start, it's very similar. You're learning so much. And that's why it's so enticing. And that's why it's so entertaining. You're learning a lot. You're meeting new people. You Maybe your friendships change. Um, maybe the way you handle stress and how much of a load you can take on during the day changes, it increases. And you see these changes in yourself. And honestly, you're excited to learn about yourself at that time. Then a few years go by and everything's automatic. You don't need to worry about your food and what the fuck you're supposed to be eating. You already know what the fuck you're supposed to be eating. You don't need to worry about, oh shit, I have this anxiety about getting my water and I'm almost there today. And you get all these dopamine hits about when you hit your water, when you hit your macros, when you PR, then all of this shit just becomes something that you're supposed to do. Literally. Like when people ask me now, why are you bringing your food? Because I need to like, cause I, this, this is what I do. This is, there is no there. I remember a few years ago, I'd be like, cause I love this. And this is what I like. It would be this whole, like, spiel about I love this thing. Yeah. Now it's like because this is what the fuck I do. If mm-hmm. I don't do this, I'm not happy. So this is what I do. Yeah. And it's it becomes a lot simpler. So if I didn't love it, I wouldn't do it. But am I like excruciatingly like explaining myself and my love to it to like for it to people anymore? No. Because mm-hmm. that has passed and I know what I'm supposed to do now. And that's just what I do. And if I didn't love it, I wouldn't continue. Absolutely. No, that was well said. That was well said. The third and final thing that you need, trait that you need to be a successful bodybuilder is intensity. And we're not talking intensity in just the gym, which absolutely the fuck you do, but intensity just kind of like as a person to want to grow and evolve and change. Like have that intensity for pursuing greatness for pursuing, you know, beyond what you think you're capable of. Like Britt already talked about, like setting a goal that scares you, that brings like butterflies in your stomach where you're like second guessing, like if you're even going to be able to achieve that because getting outside of your comfort zone and bringing that level of intensity is wonderful for personal growth, but Mm -hmm. going off intensity in the gym, train harder. Mm -hmm. Like you're thinking to yourself, no, I train pretty No train harder. You can, you need to bring in a gym partner. That's even bigger and better than you do it. Like, don't go to a gym where you're like the person training the hardest. Cause you are not going to grow and develop there. Like mm-hmm. there's a reason why you will not see me at a YMCA and there's no hate at a YMCA. There are people that work on their physical health and fitness. And that is wonderful for them. I love that for them. It, I would not love it for me. I train mm-hmm. in a gym where I'm one of the smallest fucking people there. And it is intimidated. I'm intimidated by them, but at the same time, it motivates me. It gives me like more fuel to be like, listen, if I want to get big, I got to train fucking harder. Bring that level of intensity to your training, to the gym. And honestly, that's going to be one of the best things for your pursuit of muscle growth. I know there are people listening. They're like, oh, I don't want to get bulky. You're not going to get bulky. Guess the fuck you do. Like you want muscle. You want muscle to look better. So train harder and earn that shit. Yeah, I I don't really find very many bodybuilders that are successful that don't have that level of intensity in some way, shape or form innate in them. And they also look for it in other people that they surround themselves with and the environment that they're in and and how they 
how, like what environment they choose to train in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I train at a bodybuilding gym. Um, and when I lived in California, I had a couple places that I trained, but there was only one place that I really, really resonated with because there were people there that were doing what I was doing. There mm-hmm. were times that, and it was the last place I trained at. It was called the Works yeah. Gym. And I really, even when I go back to visit, I'm going to go there because it provides yeah. a space for me to be intense, for me yeah. to be that, where it's normal for someone to do that. If I go to a fucking Planet Fitness, that's not going to work. You know what yep. they do? They like to mute people like me. They like yep. to stop that fucking lunk alarm. You can't wear a fucking tank top. You can't carry your gallon jug. Basically, you're telling me that I can't be a bodybuilder. So no, I will not train there. I refuse to go in there unless I absolutely have to. I'm not going in Planet Fitness. Like, yes. So and there were a couple of times over like the past few years that I literally grew out of gyms. And I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about my ability to be myself and to actually grow and to be intense during my training, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it, it started to not make sense for me to train there anymore. Because everyone was coming up to me asking me questions. There was no yeah. one teaching me anything anymore. Um, and so I left because it was boring. It was boring for me to be in a space where I was top dog. And I was honestly looking at people like they were peasants. It was kind of sad. Like, yeah. so I had to, I had to go because I was like, this isn't right. Like I shouldn't, I shouldn't feel like my set's more important than these people. So mm-hmm. I got to a place where I felt like we were all on an equal plane and I cared about those people's progress the same way I cared about my progress. Cause I know where the fuck they're at up here. And yeah. it created a level of intensity for me that brought me to the point where I was like, now I need the fit to be even more. So then I moved. Mm-hmm. And now I don't think that there will ever be a point at comp bodies where I feel like I've grown out of these people. Like yeah. they're, <laughs> there's no way because these people are also growing at a rate that I am as well in mm-hmm. terms of like mentally, physically, all of that, emotionally, all of that. So I found a place where I belong, but it took a long time of growing out of things, letting go of things. Um, and it wasn't easy. It was, it, it was a lot. So being able to be yourself in that, like I have athletes that tell me when they look at my training videos, they're like, I just can't like get into it like that. And a lot of times what I tell them is you need to stop caring about what people think. Once you yeah. stop caring about what people think about your intensity, you'll get there. And then you'll realize you don't even belong where you're at. Yep. You, it first, it first takes you to not care about what people think in, and it, we could even, we can even extend this to food. We can even extend mm-hmm. this to preparation. Like when I stopped caring about what people thought about me caring about my food, carrying my food all day, I stayed on my plan. Right. So I was yep. a better athlete, you know, like, so half of it is just you putting yourself first and then being able to continue to allow yourself to grow through that. Absolutely. Uh, Eric told me that the way I pursue things is ferocious. He's like, you love ferociously. You like do bodybuilding ferociously. Like you have like this intense passion that you will just go. And a lot of the times it bites you in the ass, but more often than not, it's a, it's a very admirable trait. And that's what I really like about the idea of being ferocious and all things that you do like for yourself, like be ferocious and personal growth. 
Like, don't stay at a place that no longer serves you. Like, have the 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 gumption, the drive to put yourself in a better spot. Like mm-hmm. the idea of staying comfortable because it's warm and cozy, nah, not that off. Like be so ferocious in your wants and abilities and drives and desires to go make them a reality. Because mm-hmm. that idea of pursuing greatness and pursuing something that you didn't think is possible and making that a reality is wonderful. It is such an awesome thing to be able to challenge yourself and to grow and to become a better human being, a more successful human being and not staying where you're at because it's comfortable. Like be ferocious in your quest for greatness. And the thing is too, is that like, we're talking about engaging in our passions and like not settling for less. And there was a point where I was literally not happy, not pursuing my, what I really wanted in my life, but I was willing to, I was willing to potentially fail. Like I was willing to understand that this might not work. And, but I am so not happy where I am that I don't give a fuck. Like I don't care. But a lot of people, a lot of folks don't, would not even in, like entertain an idea that they would potentially fail or let people down. Um, and so, and a lot of people don't really, sometimes people don't find their passions because of that specific yep. thing. It's because they will not entertain the idea of potentially not making it. And therefore they cannot find a passion because literally they're afraid. They are afraid. Um, And so to help people sort of figure out, like, even if it's not bodybuilding, to help people figure out, like, what their passions are, I like to ask them, like, what what do you have right now that you're grateful for? And then Mm -hmm. what do you think you can add to that that would help with your continued gratefulness of your life? Or what do you not have that you, I, I hate to say it, but you wish you did, like, yeah. that you wish you wish you had but you hold yourself back because you're afraid. And people have these crazy answers. They think about it all the time. And it's just like why are you sitting in the same spot? Yep. Um and cuz me like I literally couldn't do it. Like I wanted to commit suicide. Like I yep. wanted to die. Like and I didn't want to die. So I was like yeah. you know like so I need to do something, right? Um and so I know that there, I've had people tell me like, I want the way, I want to feel the way that you do and the way that your friends do and the way that Ashley feels, but like, how do I even get there? You have to be really realistic about the things that you fear. You have to be really realistic about you and your own self-confidence. Cause I think that some people think that they're confident and they're not based on where they're at in their life and where they're not tapping into because they're afraid. Mm-hmm. so yeah that's it. yeah and to be real like you know I take my fears and I generate them into action like I'm scared that I'm not going to be a successful coach so what do I do I show the fuck up every day I show up for my athletes I hit the books I watch a video I you know ask questions I learn from other people that are much greater Um, and have much more experience than I do but I still show the fuck on a daily basis I'm scared that even though I want so desperately to be a successful bodybuilder that I won't get it. So what do I do? I channel that 
that energy, that negative scared energy into my training. That's how I'm able to push myself to those deep, dark places. And when I get under a hack squat or under a leg press, I go and I'm like, listen, you want this, you work for it. I channel that fear into productive energy, into productive action. And at the end of the day, like I have no idea what my future is, right? I'm working on wanting to create the future that I'd like, but there are some points where I can't control everything. And if it doesn't happen, well, hopefully I'm blessed in another area. But until then, I'm going to show up every single day for myself, for the people that I love and care about. And I'm going to create the future that I want to create. And I hope you do too. Yeah, for real. Like there were, there's times where I was so sure I was going to be successful in my previous career, for example, Mm -hmm. I knew my timeline. There was no fear. I had no fear at all. Like I was just like, there's no time. I mean, there was no timeline, but it was only a matter of time. I had complete, utter confidence, complete, utter confidence that I was going to be a director one day. And I was Mm -hmm. this close. I was so close, but it just wasn't meant for me. And now I'm in this place where I'm always afraid. There's always a scarcity mindset here, um, but I'm not mad at it because it pushes me beyond what I could have ever done in my last career because of the fact that I am afraid. Like it, it, I'm constantly having to make sure that my confidence is high. It doesn't just happen anymore. I have to make sure I have to work on it. I have to act daily in ways that propel me to where I want to go. There is no waiting anymore. Like what I used to do was I just wait. I just wait for it to come to me because it's going to come to me. There's, I don't need to do anything. Yeah. I don't need to do anything. I don't need to be anything else. I just sit here and it all comes to me. And now I have to literally act in ways that push me forward. And I have to be really, really intentional about it. Like if I, I, an example is if I want to work with competitive athletes, I have to speak to them. I have to post things that speak to them. Right. I'm not going to post stuff about how do you track your macros? Cause that's not the people I want to work with. Yep. That's easy. I, it would be easy for me to do that, but that's not the people that I want to work with. So <laughs> it's, everything is intentional. Whatever you want, you have to be able to have and provide actions for yourself to keep you pushing forward. And sometimes it takes a lot of thought and effort. Um, and that's why it's coaching is not for everyone. That's why competing is not for everyone because it's so intentional and it narrows your scope so much. And that's really hard for people. It's like, I'm putting all this effort, all my eggs in one basket. Well, yeah, you are, but this is a, this is a big dream. This is a big thing, you know? So yeah, this is very normal. All of this is very normal. Absolutely. Guys, we're going to end it there. Thanks so much for just coming on and listening to us develop these two traits. Like they will serve you well, especially if you're wanting to take your bodybuilding to the next level, take your coaching to the next level, whatever it is that you're desiring. I mean, anything, it doesn't have to be coaching or bodybuilding, anything that you want to pursue these three traits, you know, having patience, making sure that you are passionate, making sure that you drive those things with intensity will serve you well in any area of life that you want to pursue. Ooh. All right. All right, guys. Until next time. Peace. Peace.